Hello. Rafaela, thank you for introduction and thank you everyone for coming and thank you the conference for inviting me. I will start a little bit with personal history. Um, I was born in Minsk, Belarus. In the first slide, we see uh, Victory Square, um, which every Soviet city would have. And um, after high school, I moved to the United States with my family in 1993 to New York City. Settling in the United States, I picked up on the American encouragement to blend in early on. I remember my first ESL class in New York. It was a very small school, English a second language class. Our teacher was very sweet. Uh, she was from China, three years in the United States. Her English was a little bit better than ours, but we didn't know that at that time. And most of the students were there for student visa, but it doesn't matter. So first class, we come in and we got this brochure. When I opened it, I read, oh, brochure was called Life in the United States is a complete guide for immigrants and Americans by Elliot Esman. So here we go. I open it and I read, when two Americans are standing and talking to each other, they stay at least 16 inches away from each other. I was 20, but before this point, I never thought about distance when I'm talking to anyone. But if you look at it carefully, it's actually true. Different cultures have different um, idea about private space and distance when you talk to someone. And if um, in the United States and Western Europe, the distance, people respect your personal space. In Russia, the more you like someone, the closer you stand to that person. And if you, if you like someone a lot, you can stand with your hand on the shoulder, which is really uncomfortable, but it's a sign of um, kindness. So now I'm living in New York for 25 years. For 25 years, I was um, uh, collecting these uh, tips how to become real American. Um, Later, I incorporated it in my art project, and I did um, this uh, work in collaboration with Jeff Blumis called Cultural Tips for New Americans. So what we see here, we see quotes that I got from people, and then my own illustration, or our illustration. That's another cultural tip I get. Never refuse gum if an American offers it to you. Offering a gum is a polite way of telling someone that they have bad breath. <laughs> and I have to say it, I got 250 tips, they're all true. It's very ironic, but uh, most of them really what it is. Here's another one. Don't be shy about speaking with an accent. Americans think foreign accents are sexy. Um, I also did a sticker with that, and I have it on all my <laughs> books and notes and my suitcase, just in case if I get, and I'm embarrassed of my accent, that is still here. I'm, I'm, it's my uh, feel-good card. The other ones, so we can go. So it's um, when an American asks you what's up, your standard response should be nothing much. In perspective, um, if um, in uh, Eastern Europe, if um, you're asking what's up, you should say the worst thing that happens to you. Never the good thing, always the worst thing. Um, smile if you even said, very true. Hope to see you again doesn't mean that an American hope to see you again. <laughs> Always good to remember. If you hang out with an American for an hour, you should have them goodbye. I'll always use that. It's a good sign to see. So 
what's interesting about um, this project that even I picked up all these cultural tips how to become real American. For me personally as an artist, this project tells more about native culture, American culture, that actually help for, the, for new Americans. And um, the idea is that all in my art practice, I often focus on cultural misfits and um, space between cultures and blending cultures. But how to describe it? So I use quotes by other people and collecting quotes to define the culture or space between the culture. And also it's an example on my next slide. It's a project called um, Casual Conversation in Brooklyn, also was in collaboration with Jeff Blumis. Um, there is a um, Russian-speaking Jewish-American neighborhood on the Brighton Beach. There is confusion how people identify this, uh, this diaspora. They say those Russians, but they're not Russians. They all have American passports, and many of them consider themselves Jewish. So instead of describing it as, um, as an artist, I decided to do an official, um, I don't know, demographic, uh, demographic research or opinion polling. So I went outside and I had three signs, Jewish, uh, American, Russian, or we had a paper that they can write their own identity. And we would just ask people how they would identify themselves. So in this slide, you see first three people who participate in the project. At the end, actually, we asked 2,000 people. And um, I will tell you a little bit later about results. So first two men, uh, when we asked them about their identity, they said, it's very easy. Uh, they were fighting in the Russian army during World War II. They're Jewish, and they have American passports, so they chose all three identities. And second gentleman came by, a third gentleman came by, and he said, oh, I was in the Russian army during World War II. I'm Jewish, but I'm only American right now because, because I have an American passport. And uh, I have to forget everything that's happened to me before this point. And it's interesting view about identity. And after asking 2,000 people, if you think that we found um, with Jeff the answer to our question, we didn't. If anything, we question after this project, after asking 2,000 people, we question the idea of identity itself. Is it really matter or it's fluid? Or today my identity is a speaker and um, artist or tomorrow I will be, uh, I don't know, airline passenger as my identity. And um, I personally like to be between cultures. And um, I could identify myself as Belarusian American, as the first woman on the beach, or I could say I'm cosmopolitan. Um, and I tend um, like more the idea of cosmopolitan or global citizens. That's a term that's used a lot right now. I actually remember when I first was introduced to the idea of cosmopolitan, and it's a hard term to define, uh, but I remember in Soviet Union when I was growing, whoever would criticize the government, they say they're ruthless cosmopolitan, uh, because you're not patriot, because you're not agree with government. It's a very useful position for the government to use. And I was always thinking, what's so bad about cosmopolitan? So actually nothing bad, if anything. So cosmopolitan official description is someone who believes that all humans belong to a single community based on shared morality, lifestyle, social norms, political system, and democracy. 
And um, right now we all talk about global citizen because uh, we see the biggest movement of people around the world since 1940s. And for many, about, um, for many uh, global citizens about mobility and migration. And um, migration, um, it's true, it's um, it driven by wars and conflicts, but movement also, uh, here we see increase of movement because of air travel became more accessible to people. So when we talk about the idea of global citizen, actually Porister Global Scan, uh, global scan question more than 20,000 people in 18 countries, do you consider yourself a global citizen? The poll left the idea of global citizen open to interpretation. According to the poll, people are increasingly identifying themselves as global rather than nationalist citizens. The trend is particularly marked in emerging economies. More than half of those asked 56% in emerging economies saw themselves first and foremost as global citizen rather than national citizen. If we look at the slide in Nigeria, it's 73%. But what's interesting, in Germany, it's only 30%. Uh, the trend in the industrialized and rich nations seem to be heading the opposite direction. In this nation, the concept of global citizens appears to have taken a serious hit after financial crash in 2008. So as you see in two projects that I show, cultural tips and casual conversation, um, I turn to statistical demographical research or uh, gathering quotes to do my art project. And today, I am presenting a project called Most of Us Are. So one day, I was thinking about 7.7 .7 billion people living now. And West, West, when we're talking about cosmopolitan global citizen, we're always projecting our Western values. Uh, in many cases, even global citizen and more not uh, industrialized countries, not in the West. And I was wondering, curious, who would be the most typical person worldwide? What he, she looks like. So of course, I went to statistics and demographical research and um, opinion polling for the answer. First one, I was asking, what's the most common birthday? What's the most common first name? What's the most common last name? When I figure out how this person looks, I was asking weird question. Do most people like to kiss? What we own? Um, what we dream about? And so on. Um, and I put this found statistical data into poems, and I'm going to read to them, to you. Most of us are. That's my resources. Pure Research, Gallup, National Geographic, Wikipedia, and so on. I used from very legitimate uh, sources from, to them, not so, but doesn't matter. <laughs> most, most of us are. Born on September 9, 28 years old, Christian, male, name Muhammad, last name Lee, have black hair, brown eyes, and bite up all, read the Bible, like football, the color blue, the song gets a small word, and often say okay. <laughs> Most of us are born on Tuesday, believe in angels, aliens, heaven, that the poor get poorer, having been in Nauru, and often so okay. Most of us are born at 8 a.m., don't believe in global warming, 
government, diet, flat earth, don't like to kiss, and often say okay. Born in a hospital, on a bed, a pet, a cell phone, a TV set, live on less than $10 a day, and often say okay. Most of us are born vaginally, worship Jesus Christ, Michael Jordan, Xi Jinping, and Elvis Presley, have a job, been in love, and often say okay. Most of us are born average weight, don't eat ant eggs, moose noses, well skin, monkey brains, been breastfed, and often say okay. Most of us are born not hungry, consume daily, plastic, mercury, GMO, 2,870 calories, don't die of hunger, and often say okay. Born head first, dream two hours per night in soft pastel colors, being naked in public, chased or falling, forget almost all dreams and often say okay. Most of us are born fit last, daydream in a shower when our mood is low, briefly, about the future, in vivid colors, live in an urban area and often say okay. Most um, of us are born right-handed, lose virginity, dreams, enthusiasm, don't have a bank account, make less than $12,000 per year, and often say okay. Most of us are registered at birth, don't make it big, money fast, ends meet, America great again, do celebrate New Year, and often say okay. Most of us are born poor, spend six years unhappily doing chores, nine years entertaining ourselves, 28.3 years sleeping, have 71.5 years life expectancy, wish to be wealthy, and often say okay. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not done yet. <laughs> Thank you. So after doing this project, I was thinking about it. Um, of course, in how banal or accidental it is, we're more alike than different. It doesn't matter of our education, we believe that Earth is round. No matter what political party we are, um, or, or we still think that poor get poorer. We have our statistical favorite color, blue, and favorite Disney moment. On the other hand, no citizen of the world uh, coupled together from shared demographical data truly exist. How many Christian Mohammed live we can find? But it's, uh, it seems absurd at the end, even all statistical data is correct. But I learned about one Mohammed Lee after I did this project, and it's actually a fictional character in American sitcom Bin ben, The Bin Ben Theory. In one episode, uh, episode there is this... Um, um, 
character Howard, and he runs into the room very excited and says that some equipment he worked on in his lab is going to international space station, and someone has to go with it. And he asks, who is it someone is? And this other character, Sheldon, says, oh, Muhammad Lee. So uh, Howard is puzzled. Who is Muhammad Lee? And Sheldon replies, Muhammad is the most common first name in the world, and Lee is the most common surname in the world. This is... <laughs> As I didn't know the answer, I thought that they gave me a, mat mat a mathematical edge. And when I, when I read it, I was thinking, that's me. I was looking for this most typical person worldwide. I didn't know the answer. But I was thinking the statistic and data research and all this um, demographical research and uh, opinion polling will give me a mathematical edge. I don't think it did it, but it brought something interesting. And even we don't know what this person looks like, really. We definitely know that most of us are often so okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you.